Do you wonder if others are dealing with the same project management challenges as you? Not sure where to turn for guidance and leadership? Office Hours are in session as we discuss project management and PMOs with global leaders, hearing their story and learning their secrets to success. Our goal is to empower you and help you elevate your PMO and project management career to new heights. Welcome back to Project Management Office Hours with your host, PMO Joe. Welcome, everyone, to Project Management Office Hours. We're the number one live project management radio show in the U.S., broadcasting to you from the Phoenix Business Radio X studios in Tempe, Arizona. I'm your host, PMO Joe, and for the next hour or so, we'll be talking project management. Interesting, I just watched that intro video, and, and I looked so much younger, and I didn't have glasses in those pictures. So I have definitely aged since we started this up. Oh, that's funny. This part of the show is usually I do some announcements or mention some events that are coming up, and today I want to do something slightly differently. You know, here in the United States, we recently had another racially motivated shooting, and this time in Buffalo, New York. I'm originally from New York myself, uh, and one of the members of the PMO squad is from Buffalo. And when he lived there, his family used to uh, go to that food store where the shooting occurred. And here in America, our society uh, has a challenge with calling out racism. And I think what we uh, need to be able to do is call out the obvious, right? In this shooting, a white man drove several hours to a black neighborhood store and killed black people just because they were black. And that's just not okay. Um, and we, the majority, the white people in this society here in America, are going to be the people that change that, right? It isn't on the minorities to change what's happening to them. And we have to be able to call out racism in order to be able to solve racism. And people are afraid to do that. So I just want to make a point today to be able to say, hey, this isn't right. We need to be able to fix this. We need to be able to change the way our society behaves. And it's not just with people of color. My wife is Jewish. My children are Jewish. And a couple of years ago in Pittsburgh, a man entered a synagogue and killed people simply because they were Jewish. And this isn't new, right? It's a long history of events. We know, of course, World War II and all the atrocities that happened to the Jewish people from the Nazis. So, as part of being a member of society, listen, we're not a political show. I'm not a political activist, but I'm a person that lives in society and I'm part of society and I have to deal with life every day. And our team members do and our families do. And if we're not open to have the, the discussions about this and to call out what it is, we're never going to get better. And, and we have to make sure that it's known that it's not acceptable to to have racism and have anti-Semitism and have any discrimination within our society. So as the world deals with a war of atrocities uh, with Russia attacking Ukraine and we get shootings in America and around the world because of color, because of religion, because of inequalities, for those of us who are in the majority, I think it's it's our voice that needs to stand up and say, this is wrong. We need to be able to make the change happen um, in order to get the change we need. So 
That's what I want to talk about today, because that's so much more important than project management. Now, that's not going to be the the topic of our show. That's not going to be what our guest is going to talk about. But these are my views. And this is what I think we have to be able to be comfortable talking about the uncomfortable. So to the guests that we've had on this show in the past who are vocal about this, Jesse Fuel came on and talked about this uh, during his show, and Dana Brownlee and Alana Hill talk about this frequently out on, on social media. I salute you for your courage to keep this topic in the spotlight. Unfortunately, it's still in the spotlight. Um, and as long as it is, I think we all need to have the courage to be able to talk about that. So I'm here to say it's not right. And, and I'm here to support finding solutions uh, to make sure that this stops and doesn't keep happening. So that's enough about that topic. And let's get into project management topics that we, we want to talk about. Uh, first, I want to say uh, this is episode 103. And as everybody knows, you can claim PDUs from listening to these shows. So if you want to get 103 PDUs, head out to the Project Management Office Hours website, listen to the shows. Don't do it just because you need PMOs. Do it because there's great content from project management leaders from around the world that you're going to be able to get some great insights from. Uh, So I strongly encourage you to do that. Uh, If you're joining us live, thank you, of course, for joining us from around the world. Please drop in the comments. Let us know where you're joining us from. And if you have questions for Ricardo or I, uh, certainly we'd love to be able to hear those as well. We are live streaming on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, So it's great to have you joining us. And also want to say thank you to our sponsors, the PMO Squad and the PMO Leader. You can go out and visit those websites to be able to learn more about those organizations. Uh, And with that, I am super excited today to have joining us live from Spain, Ricardo Sastre Martin. Welcome, Ricardo. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Joe. First, just let me say I'm very sorry to hear again about the shootings like this one coming from Buffalo this time. I joined your your wish that uh, hopefully we'll get a change soon and overcome this situation. And, and the change is achieved through projects so as well. Uh, in project management, we can contribute to, to this, uh, not just uh, giving uh, insights or, or the message that we have to change, but as well. We are, as project managers, we are driving the change in the project. So in some ways related, as we can see later, talking about the project economy. And, and thank you very much for, for hosting me uh, today uh, in this uh, great show. And thanks for, for, for this initiative of uh, having this, this show where we can learn from our colleagues around the world and get inspired with the stories that we hear from them. So thank you for, for building this community. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's certainly great. And of course, we have you joining us from Spain. And uh, fantastic. We've uh, last show was uh, Luis Worley from South America and or, sorry, South Africa. And we've had guests from all over the world. It's fantastic to be able to bring everybody together. Yeah. R- Ricardo, if you could take a moment just to introduce yourself to everybody who's listening. And if they aren't familiar with you already, uh, who are you and kind of what's your background and your story? Sure. Well, I have uh, different uh, summaries of my story. I will start with the short one. Basically, the short one is uh, I'm always in a continuous learning process with the goal of contributing to make a positive impact in the world. 
through the excellence uh, via project program and portfolio management. So that's the, the short sentence I, I use, for example, in the magazine I'm, I'm writing every month, stakeholder.news. A uh, bit long uh, in summary is that um, I've been in the profession uh, already for 16 years. And I've been very lucky because I've been working in, in multinational companies like Ericsson, uh, Telefonica, and now Microsoft. And that has given me the opportunity to, to work in more than 40 countries in, around the world, in four continents, in, in Europe, in Africa, Asia, and North and South America. Uh, and thanks to the project management, I've been able to, to get insights and learn from people all around the world. So I'm really glad. And going a bit further about my story and how I started in, in the profession. So my, my whole career is 20 years. So, and I've been always working in projects. So I started working in projects, doing tasks in the projects. In fact, I started uh, as a developer. Then I moved to, to different kind of projects uh, in development, leading teams. And, and then there was a moment when I was already working for Ericsson. I was already... Uh, uh, hold an MBA in a top business school here in Spain. So then I saw that, uh, well, I think I can uh, contribute more to the company if I'm in a project management position than in a technical role. So uh, I decided to, to apply to, to a position in the PMO in Ericsson. And I was lucky that I got my first opportunity. So I'm always glad to, to, to the person that gave me the first opportunity. So I'm really glad uh, about that person that was the, the manager of the PMO at that time at Ericsson, because you always need a, a first opportunity. It doesn't matter if uh, you have the skills and the background. If, if you don't get the opportunity, you can show the, the value that uh, you can provide. So I'm, I'm really grateful for, for that opportunity I, I got. And... Apart from um, thinking that I could contribute more to, to, the, to the organization as well, I would say that at that time, uh, I thought, well, this is a kind as well of progressing in my career. So like, because in the past, in the past, I'm, I'm talking uh, the year 2006. So basically, uh, going into a previous management role was like uh, being promoted because uh, as the title say, you are a manager. Now things have changed a lot in the current times. Yeah. But at that time, uh, you were like uh, the boss of the project, at least. So so as well, I have to admit, uh, I decided to move because I thought I could, I could be a manager, a, a boss. And that was my, my motivation at that time, those, those things. So after a couple of years working for the PMO in Ericsson uh, in Spain, I got an opportunity for moving to, to work to Jamaica uh, as an expat for, for leading the delivery organization for the biggest customer of Ericsson in, in the Caribbean and Central America. It was Digital. And uh, it was my first experience in a kind of PMO because uh, there were other roles like uh, architects and integrators, but uh, there were project managers. And there in Jamaica, there was a point in the year 2010 that uh, changed my, my mind a little bit I remember that I was coming back from Christmas holidays from, from Spain. I think it was the 10th of January, the 2010. Uh, so I remember I was working at, at the office at Ericsson, Jamaica, and, and suddenly I was feeling like mm, something is happening. I don't feel right. 
I don't know what's going on. And then suddenly I, I saw many people screaming around me and, and leaving the, the building. It was like, what? What's happening? <laughs> so I didn't know what was happening, but I decided to leave the building as well. I, I followed the people. <laughs> so, And then after a while, we, we discovered that uh, the reason was that there was a, a earthquake in Haiti, the, mm-hmm. the famous earthquake in the year 2010. Yeah. So uh, Diesel, uh, our customer, uh, they were having operations in, in Haiti. Everything was completely destroyed. And there we got a mission. It was like the first time I saw a, a mission in, in my job. And the mission was to, to recover the, the communications because uh, people may think that when there is an earthquake, there are things that are more urgent. But uh, the reality is that in situations of crisis, the, the communications are key because if you don't have communications, you cannot uh, work on the, let's say, recovery projects of, of the of the country. Mm-hmm. So it's to have communications is vital. So and it was like a mission. It was like we have to go there, we have to fly there and recover the communications so we can contribute to the recovery of the country, to recover the, from the, this terrible disaster. And it was the first time I, I saw something like, oh, I have a mission in, in my job, apart from delivering my projects or 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 leading my, my PMO there in Jamaica. So then I moved back to, to Ericsson after this period, again, to, to the PMO. And then I moved to Telefonica, it's another multinational telco company. Uh, that's given me the opportunity to work with uh, many other countries. And here I got uh, the opportunity to build a, a PMO from scratch. So, in fact, it was a challenge because when I joined the organization, uh, nobody knew what was a, a PMO. So that's... Uh, even worse, nobody knew what was a project manager. Oh, so I, I arrived there and, and, and people was uh, asking themselves, but uh, why is this guy here? What is a project manager? And that was because the, it was a product development organization. So it was an organization that was uh, composed of developers and product managers, marketing, UX, UI, etc. So people, when they saw me, first thing was, okay, what is this guy here? Doing here, he's going to be like uh, for one or two months, and, and he will leave or will be fired because we don't have any need for 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 this PMO or project management. But the the situation at that time, the strategy in the organization was changing because it was a social network, and then we were uh, reconverting ourselves into a mobile network operator. So there was a, a complete change in the strategic organizational goals, and in that uh, new strategic goals it made completely sense to, to have a PMO and project managers in, in the team. So that was in the year 2014. The last year in the 2021, I was uh, talking with the team and we decided, okay, let's go to to the PMO Global Awards. That uh, is one of the, lar- the largest uh, PMO Global Awards in the world. And we decided, okay, let's, let's participate. And we were appointed like the ones representing Spain. And after that, we went into the previous league where we were, let's say, competing with other PMOs from the world. We uh, won all the matches, as they say, because it's like a World Cup for format. So we won all the matches. So we were the first in the league. We went to the KO stages. We reached to the semifinals where we were matched with the Ukrainian PMO. And there we, we lost. So we were one of the top four PMOs uh, in Europe. 
after that, I, I again, we can talk later of the purpose, but I decided to, to move to Microsoft. That is where I'm working on right now. Um, and basically, I'm leading uh, programs in the in different sectors, uh, mainly in the industrial one, um, with the goal of uh, contributing through the use of our technology to the, the decarbonization of the economy using cloud and artificial intelligence. And that was one of the main motivations for moving to Microsoft, because that was like a, a new mission, a new purpose. Let's contribute with my work to reduce the emissions of CO2 that we have uh, in the world. So it was like, this is a real opportunity to make a real impact uh, in the world. Well, that's uh, quite the history that you have, and that's one of the reasons why, obviously, we were so fortunate to have you as a guest, because you do have such wide-ranging experience. And, you know, one of my, my questions is maybe not even project management related, just from your story, is you're in Spain working for Ericsson, and the opportunity comes up to go to Jamaica and, and work from there. I mean, that had to be a, a difficult decision, right? And you're going to a country that doesn't speak Spanish. You're going into a, an island nation as opposed to a, a landlocked country. I mean, just very different culturally from what you had been used to. What gave you the, the courage to be able to make that decision to go do that? Yeah. First, I was young. That was the first. <laughs> oh, you weren't <laughs> courageous. You were stupid. There, yes. You were yeah. <laughs> And, and the second is was like I was involved in, in many projects uh, by that time uh, around the world, mainly in, in Europe, uh, Middle East, and, and Africa. But it was just for short periods of time. So based on that experience, I, I knew that uh, is something that contributes a lot to your personal uh, life, not just for your personal career, but but for your life to relocate and work and live in a different country. So uh, when I got the opportunity, I said, yes, I go. So and I didn't even check uh, anything about Jamaica in the, <laughs> in, in, in the web, let's say. But yeah, all changes uh, are difficult. So there is like a, one theory that when you go there, you have like a hype. It's like, wow, everything is new. Everything is great. Then you go down. It's like, what I'm doing here? Well, I want to go back home then you feel like uncomfortable. So, so it's a big change. It's a big change because the, the culture is, is very different. It's very different and, and, the, and the country is very different to, to Spain as well. But there was a thing that helped me, helped me a lot that was that um, even if the, the culture and, and, and everything is totally different, as we were working in the same way that in Ericsson Spain, because we were having the same ways of working in our PMOs uh, in Ericsson, and they are still doing it in that way. So that helped me a lot because uh, when I arrived there, just the first day I was already fully uh, operational because I had to work in the same way I was working in, in, in Spain. For sure, the people, stakeholders, my colleagues, uh, my team is different. But the way of working is, is the same. And that's the way of working that is coming from the PMO, the fact of having a global PMO that allows you to know how you have to work, no matter if you are in Spain, in Jamaica, or in, in South Africa, for example. Yeah. The, the, you know, that's, there's this language of project management that's universal, right? So even when we speak different native tongue, right, native languages, we still understand scope and WBS 
and yeah. charters, right? All, all of those items, the language of project management, we can share that across cultures. But your start, you you didn't start out as a project manager. And I'm kind of in, interested to get your perspective on on this next question here is, so many of our guests start out as developers and became project managers as they be, and then become PMO leaders. How, how do we as a profession start to bring people in at a younger age that are starting out as project managers, right? Yeah. <laughs> when you and I went to university, there weren't, we probably didn't have university programs to become a project manager, right? So no. we, we had to evolve into it. How do we get people to find our profession so that we have this influx of talent that's constantly learning and, and we're grooming the next generation of project managers. You, right? you, you led some PMOs, of course. So how do we get that to happen in our industry? Or, or what's your thoughts on that? Do we need to do that? Yeah, yeah, we really need to because I really believe in the power of, of projects, right? the, the power that projects can have in, in the world, uh, positive and negative, if they are not well managed. This year, I started to collaborate with uh, three different business schools in three different masters in different aspects of project management. In, in one talking about PMOs, another about digital project management, another one about just project manager, project management. So yeah, as um, Antonio Nieto uh, said in his famous uh, <clears throat> manifesto, project manifesto, uh, there is not, or there were not enough education regarding project management. That's something that I really think that we are closing the gap because now there are many more programs where people can join and learn about project management, something that was not possible in the past, like, like you say. So I did not have any opportunity. I learned uh, in the job uh, with the help of my mentors in my company. So one thing that we can do, uh, people like us that uh, we have been for for some time working in, in the profession is to to give back to the profession, uh, contributing to to, to the education, to build education around project management. And as well, we have to, to, to try to uh, transmit to the people the purpose of, of the profession because the, basically a uh, couple of weeks back, I, I, uh, the promotion of uh, the people that are going to be uh, studying the, one of the masters I'm, I'm engaged now that we are starting in fact uh, next week, the master. So I met them a couple of weeks ago and in the introduction meeting, I, I just asked them, so I, I don't want to know your background. Uh, I don't want to know your, let's say, age, uh, whatever, uh, GR's uh, professional experience, because that's something I, I can gather from, from the data that you, uh, when you describe to, to the master. So what I really want to know here in this session with you is which one is the purpose why you are deciding to join this master? What I found out is that uh, even if I said, Please tell me all the, of course, your name, and, and as well, where are you from uh, or where are you located? Because uh, it's online and there are people from different countries around the world, just to be aware of the, of the culture and the time from difference. But I, I said, I only want to know about which one is your purpose. And what I found out is that everybody started to talk uh, about the, the background. So I'm not asking for your background. I want yeah. to know your purpose. <laughs> so after insisting at the end, they were kind of saying the purpose, but the, the purpose for all of them was to get a job as project manager. But I was asking, but why, why, why? 
-hmm. but uh, I think we have to to try to dip into why are we doing things. So the why they told me that is to get a, a job in project management is a good is a why, but uh, but why do you want to be can that uh, uh, why do you want to work in this role? Just because uh, there are not enough jobs here in Spain, or just because you you heard that uh, this is a profession with a lot of feature, or is there something be behind this? And and when I think back, I started with the with the same motivation. I, I, I decided to to move to the to the role because I wanted to be a, a manager. So so, but along the years, I'm trying to find out and, and refine my purpose. And it's, it's something I think we have to tell to the people. So always try to have a purpose because if you don't have a purpose, you you cannot guide where you're going. So you cannot define your goals, and you cannot define what are you going to do to achieve those goals. So at the end. You are kind of lost. So we all need to have a, a purpose, a, a mission in, in our life, not only in our career. Yeah, I, it, it's uh, speaking, uh, speaking music to my ears. Here, our producer Daryl is watching the show, of course, and he's shaking his head yes because he and I have talked about this so many times. And when Antonio was on our show, we had him as a guest a, a while back. He had talked about purpose as well. The PMO Squad, my organization, uh, our signature solution is the purpose-driven PMO, right? Why are we doing project management in the organization and help companies deliver to achieve that purpose? So I, I stand with you on that. And and certainly the importance of education. Yesterday, I was talking to my good friend Lucho in uh, El Salvador, and he was going to be meeting with some universities to talk about how to incorporate educational systems within El Salvador to teach project management to advance that in a country that where maybe it isn't as prominent. So uh, I'm with you on that. Uh, we did get a, a good question that came in here from Dale, who's joining us from the UK. And Dale asks, for you, Ricardo, how do you balance your ongoing learning approach with your project delivery? It seems that it takes hours and days to close knowledge gaps. Do you specialize and target your learnings or just work or study 24-7 uh, and eat, sleep, and breathe project management, and also, of course, being a mentor on top of this. How how do you balance all of this? Right, you you run it in a yeah. company, you teach it, you breathe it, your mentor. How does that happen? Yeah, that's a good question. For that, you you really need to know which one is your purpose. So you can define based on your purpose, your priorities, and what are you going to do to achieve this. Uh, these goals you have in, in your life. And, and, and the purpose has to be about your life, not your career, because if you only define your purpose in your career, it can happen that you can be 24-7 working and working and, and studying just for working <laughs> for your job. And that's not what, that's not the real work-life balance that we should have because um, we have to balance between the different aspects of our life. Of course, depending on the people, the balance will be different, but that's why we need to know which one is our purpose in, in the life. So based on that, we can define the priorities of how to balance. About uh, talking about the professional part, um, and this year when uh, I started to work for, for Microsoft, I discovered one concept. I was not aware of it. That is called growth mindset. It's something that is uh, in, in our culture, in the company. And, and, and it's really uh, needed because at the end, the pace of change in, in the world is, is so dramatic that uh, if, if you are not learning continuously, so you, you are going to be out of the, let's say, the race because uh, 
things are changing very, very fast right now. So you have to keep learning. So based on that, uh, here in, at Microsoft, we have uh, uh, some time allocated in our uh, daily uh, work, weekly work, for training, because the, the company really believes in the need and the power of training and continuous learning. In fact, we are a, a technological company, so we are building artificial intelligence. And that's something that is uh, uh, changing every day. It's, it's innovation. So uh, to work in a company uh, like Microsoft uh, helps me as well. They support me in, in the uh, what they call uh, moonlight uh, activities, that is, uh, contribute to other uh, tasks like education outside of my working hours. So that support is, is, is really key. And as well, uh, uh, based on that, you, you have to find, uh, you were asking in the question about uh, the training. Yeah, we, we can be uh, learning many, many things. So it's impossible to learn everything. Uh, just only inside Microsoft, there are so many products that uh, just for learning about all, I will need to be my whole life uh, studying these products. So so that's why why you need to have your 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 purpose, your mission, and which one are your priorities and your initiative, because you have to, to prioritize what kind of uh, learning you need uh, for achieving those goals. Because if not, you can be learning many, many things that maybe are not aligned with the needs that you have for reaching your goals. Or, or if you don't have your goals uh, as well, you are going to be learning many things that at the end are not going to contribute to, to your career. So that's why it's very key to, to have a clear purpose and based on the purpose goals and based on the goals to define priorities uh, and everything should be linked to that yeah a, a great answer and thank you dale for the question and to tie into your response yesterday you must have been in my mind i we had our leadership meeting at the pmo squad and i had shared with them the growth mindset and how we as a company need to have that cultural component built into our organization as well and then we believe in life work balance as opposed to work-life balance. We prioritize life first. But when I started the PMO squad about a decade ago, what I realized is I don't go to work anymore because I'm just doing who I am. And once, to your point, once you identify your purpose, there's no separation between work and personal anymore because you're just being your unique self, your natural self. So I, the balance of time is certainly life comes first, your family comes first, your health comes first. But when you are who you are, doing what you need to do because of your purpose, you don't work anymore, right? You're just following your purpose, and it's such a freeing feeling to have. So thank you for sharing your views and your perspective on that as well. Um, and we, we have another guest joining us for, uh, from Namibia, so thank you for joining uh, from there as well. We'd love to see the international flair of the guests who are with us, but also the audience that's with us. So it's great to get different perspectives. You know, you've mentioned a couple times artificial intelligence and Microsoft and, and uh, how that tied into your purpose as well. What's your thoughts on artificial intelligence and project management? I, I know I have my own and every year, you know, at the beginning of the year, people put out there, here's my guess for what's going to happen this year in project management. And every one of them says, this is going to be the year that artificial intelligence makes a breakthrough. And I always reply back and say, keep hoping. It's not happening, not, not anytime soon. What's, what's your thoughts? I mean, this, you're in the middle of this, right? Working for a technology company now. Yeah. Yeah. So currently, uh, I lead in AI 
projects and programs, but that's not the same that uh, leading projects or programs with AI. So it's different. So mm-hmm. we are not using AI. If we refer to AI to prediction, because as well, AI is like a hot topic and, and now everything seems to be AI. So so yeah, AI is many things, but, uh, but uh, for, for doing a summary regarding to the project management world, I usually do a differentiation between two different aspects. One is automation, and another one is, is prediction. So in automation, I refer to, to bots or things that help you to do your daily tasks, your routine tasks. And for that, there, there are some things already that uh, are being used uh, with more or less uh, success. But uh, in fact, uh, there are some Microsoft products like the Power Automate, where you can automate some uh, tasks with the different products of the of the Microsoft Office. And there are some bots as well that can give some, let's say, conversation in order to avoid to 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 go directly to us to to someone. So automation, I I already see it. I don't think it is still mature, and I don't think it's still providing the value that. Uh, people think that uh, can provide. But in regards to prediction, when, when we are talking about, uh, for if I would like to know uh, how it's going to be the final cost, uh, the final schedule, the risk I'm going to have in, in my project, I haven't seen anything about that. Uh, I've been invited uh, sometimes to to shows, to demos, to, to where they were telling me, yeah, my product is using AI. Uh, for the portfolio management. Um, you go to the demo and where, where is the AI? So there's, there's no AI. Uh, I don't mean that uh, there is not AI at all in the world, that there is not any product, because uh, for sure I don't know all the products, and, and for sure there will be some already, but uh, I, I have not seen them. And and the fact that the, the most common use uh, tool right now, what I see with my customers as well, is for the project management is still the Excel file. Uh, I think there is still a long way from the Excel file to to the AI. So, but the the main block uh, for for the project management in the AI, talking about prediction, is the data <laughs> because the uh, there's no data, there's no AI. AI. So, and right. um, and that's a challenge we we are facing in in, in the projects uh, I live in uh, in order to provide results using AI because uh, sometimes we find out that we don't have enough data for uh, making the AI to to work and, and provide value. So uh, and I'm talking about uh, cases in, in industries with tons of data that you have to, to review and, and clean. And so there are many things to do to prepare the data. But even though there's data, sometimes it's not enough. But in project management, I, I'm not aware of uh, any company having tons of um, rigs, issues stored in a normalized way that uh, you can uh, use for building an AI that is going to produce you with a result. Okay, based on, on your project, you're going to have this, 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 and these rigs. So, and you have to do this, this, and this. So, I, I don't really know anyone having this kind of data. And, and if we don't have data, we don't have AI. So about when is going AI to take over? So th- there is a very famous Gartner uh, article or study that it was saying 2030. I think we, we really need, 
we need to start storing data if we want to be by 2030 having AI tools that can provide uh, prediction in, in the project management arena. You know, it, what's interesting, right, is you, you work for Microsoft, as you said, and I'm certainly not asking for your Microsoft opinion on something because these are obviously your views on this, but you said ever, the most common tool you see being used is still Excel. And when we think about Microsoft in the project management world, of course, we think about Microsoft Project, right? The, the scheduling tool or the online version of that as well. Why is it still Excel? Why, why are we still there? I mean, what's, the, what's your assessment of why people haven't really gotten off of Excel yet? Yeah, I think because the change, uh, uh, people has reluctant to, to change. And, um, many people has been already for a long time used to, to work with Excel. And even if sometimes uh, you tell them that Excel uh, does not work because uh, you cannot link the dependencies between the different activities. So, so if you see here, I, I change these tags and, and the others don't move. So something like basically like that. So, and, and the people still are reluctant to, to move. But in fact, now with the, let's say, the agile um, world that uh, we are moving into uh, already for some years, in fact, in, in companies like mine, uh, we are using uh, a tool that is called Azure DevOps that is uh, more focused on, on Agile, uh, where you can put your backlog with uh, your epics, your features, your tags, and, and so on. So what I see that uh, if since we're going to jump from the Excel to maybe tools like uh, Azure DevOps or can be as well Jira, Trello. So mm -hmm. if since we're moving from from an Excel file where you can manage the project to uh, using Agile tools when sometimes even you are not uh, following the Agile way of working. And in most of the cases, you don't have an Agile mindset. That is the main problem. That uh, is like AI. Everybody is going to AI. Agile for many years. Agile is like a fashion. I'm going to do Agile because it's the fashion. And, and people try, no, I'm doing a Scrum. I meet every day. I start up. And doing agile, well, so that's that's not agile. So, so I think we are missing the basics. Uh, yeah, I had, uh, I guess, May fourth, I did a, a session for project management update. It was the great debate: agile versus waterfall. Um, but yeah. I was debating myself, so it wasn't much of a debate. I guess I was just uh, uh, elaborating on that. But the, but the point of that agile is it's a different way to work. The mindset is the the whole concept of where it came from, right? The agile manifesto. But people have taken this great idea and they found another use for it, right? And now it's lowercase agile maybe as opposed to uppercase agile. And the, the tools are following suit. Hey, let's build Jira. Let's build DevOps tools to be able to align with that. But it doesn't eliminate the project manager, right? You still have somebody leading that team to be able to go execute on that. I would imagine your work within within Microsoft, or it doesn't really matter what company you're working for, but the exposure you have to clients, you see different clients operating different ways in creating their own best practice, right? Because within project management, it's art, not science. What's your thoughts yeah. about it's the, there's the discipline of project management, but the art of how to execute it and how to go about delivering that that works for your company? Hmm. Yeah, there are many different cases. Um, the maturity of uh, the customers and 
on, of each of the companies that we have around the world. The maturity is very different. So some of them were very project-oriented from the beginning, like Ericsson, because at the end, uh, let's say that the, the way uh, that the, the balance, the financial balance sits from Ericsson is coming from is is from the project. So if uh, you don't uh, manage what well the projects, uh, you are going into red numbers. So because it's a, a company that is selling, but is selling now services as well. But at the end, it's very related to the project management. So company like Ericsson is very mature, but there are other companies where they have um, in the past a more product oriented uh, approach. They were leading the projects, let's say, with uh, product managers. And that's a, a, another topic for discussion, a very long one. But <laughs> but at the end, for, for me, everything depends on the on the ecosystem. So it doesn't matter if you are building a product, developing a, a product, or you are building a bridge or whatever. So so the main point is that uh, depending on, on on the project and the ecosystem, you you have to you can choose from the toolbox we have. Uh, you can choose uh, which one is the best tool for for that project. And it depends on many things. And as well, uh, many things we say, no, we are developing a software, it has to be agile. But if in the other side, you have a customer that has never worked with agile, you cannot go there and, and tell them, okay, we're going to do agile because this software development and we have to do agile. So this needs time and, and needs uh, different steps uh, that you have to go through with your customers in order to be able to have the mature, the maturity needed for, for working in, in that specific way. And, and everything should start from the mindset. So this is not be should not be, we're going to use this methodology because it's the trendy now. So it's okay. So which one is our mindset? Do we have a, an agile mindset or a classic mindset? And what are we going to do in this project? What are we going to deliver? Are we delivering results? Are we focused on outcomes? So we have a, a very huge toolbox and we have to, to choose which one is the best. But depending on the maturity of the company, in some companies, the toolbox is quite limited. So, or, or even they, they don't have people that are uh, trained on project management. So it's like these casual project managers that uh, you go there and say, who's the project manager? And it's uh, someone that is not related and does not have any education regarding project management. What I think we have to do is to, to understand the situation of the customer, the maturity level, and, and go through them and, and help them and, and see how to move forward and, and, and which one is the, the, the way to go, so step by step. Because the price management, there are so many methodologies now that you can be learning a new methodology every day and, and you don't have enough days in, in, in the year. <laughs> You had mentioned Antonio Nieto Rodriguez, of course, a couple of times, and uh, the Brightline initiative with Ricardo Vargas and others as part of that came up with the project economy uh, a few years back. And, and we're part of that now, right? Operations has historically been the primary focus of companies, but now change is so rapid, it's forcing us into project um, changes throughout the world and creating the project economy. You've been a leader in this space for so long and, and you've made such tremendous impact. What's what's your thoughts on the project economy and how does that fit for us as an industry as we continue to move forward? Yeah, yeah. So basically for, for the people that are not aware about the project economy, in a short summary, it's like that uh, we believe that our life is a, a collection of, of projects. So, so I see it uh, every day, but uh, it's not uh, something new because uh, 
now I was reading again the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People from Stephen Covey. It's a book that uh, I read from time to time again to, to refresh the, the knowledge. It was written in the 80s. And, and if you go through it, um, it's not for, for a book for project managers. It's, it's for our life, let they say. And if you go through it, uh, you see that the, the habits are like uh, begin with the end of mind. So that's uh, to have a purpose. Uh, put this first. It's prioritization is what we do in, in our PMOs. Uh, if you are dealing with a portfolio, you are prioritizing the projects. Uh, seek first to understand and, and then to be understood. So that's communication. So communication is like 80% of the time that we spend in, in our profession, in our work. And synergize. So yeah, stakeholder management. So, so at the end, when I'm reading this book, it's like, uh, wow, this is uh, it's not for project managers, but uh, this is what we do. So, and, and basically, this applies to our life. So at the end, so because this is a, a book for our life, it's not for our profession or our career. Mm-hmm. It's for our life. And when you read it, you realize that uh, we have been always in, in a project. So at the end, we are doing projects every day in our life. So basically, what I like to do is to, to map it to the, like we have in, in, in the organizational alignment in, in the project management arena, that on the top, you have your purpose, and based on the purpose, you define the strategy, and based on the strategy, you have uh, the goals, the portfolio, the progress, and the project. So I think our life is the same. It should be the same. We should have a, a, a purpose, and cascading down, we should define which one are the, uh, at the end, the projects we are going to be working in, in our life every day. And I don't mean in, in, in our job, I mean in our life. So I, I think this is uh, is a concept that was... Uh, in fact, uh, created by Antonio uh, when he was the chairman in PMI. But this is something that has been always in our life uh, for a long time. But now we are realizing it. And, and based now on, on this realization, we discover how powerful is the, the knowledge and the skills that we have as project managers. Because at the end, you have to, to have skills that are, are needed for, for our life. Uh, you are communicating, negotiating, so you have to be a salinist, stakeholder management, prioritization, time management. So at the end, when I sometimes I think back uh, about all things we do in our profession, I say, well, so this is the, the profession that uh, is, is the best for, for managing our life. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I When I attend a, an event of some kind and not a project management conference or event, just a business event, right? Because I'm a, a business owner, so I attend a lot of events. And people subconsciously or maybe consciously start saying, here's the projects we're working on. These are the projects we're active in. And project is just part of the flow of conversation. And I'll approach them afterwards and ask about those projects from a project management perspective. And they're not doing them in a project management perspective, yet they call them projects, right? It's just, it's part of world that we live in, right? So I guess a question for you would be, how do we, people like you and I, this is, our purpose, right? This is our passion. This is what we do. How do we help others who are involved in projects on a daily basis and everything they do understand the importance and value that we can get that when we learn the skills that we have, we can actually get value from that, right? How do we bring in the non-project managers into this project economy? They're already part of it. They just don't know they're part of it yet, right? How do we bring them into that to make that conscious? I think we have to first make them aware that we are living in in a world that is surrounded by projects. And in some events, when I'm talking about this, uh, 
I ask to the audience, uh, any of you is uh, is not a project manager? And, and now from time to time, I see that uh, the people that are saying that they are project managers uh, is, is rising. So so I think the message, the message is, is, is moving. As well, I, I'm always in events that are related to project management. So I don't think it's the reality that is applicable to the to the whole population. But first, we have to make them aware that we are surrounded by projects. And then if you have the skills for leading projects, uh, at the end, it's something that is going to be useful for, for your life. So, so the skills you're, you're going to get are not only good for your career, are going to be good for, for managing your life. And we have to start always as a saying from, from the purpose. So because when, when I started the, the profession, so we as leaders of the project, we have to communicate to the team the, the, the value, the high uh, vision and the purpose that uh, why are we working on this? So why are we working so many hours per day on this project? So we are the ones that have to communicate that vision to, to the team. And when I started, uh, I did not have that vision. In fact, as well, I was so focused in, in the daily work and, and the issues that we are having day by day that sometimes you, I was saying to myself, well, maybe I, I did not make the right choice moving to this role because I have fires every day. So it's like, well, I think I was wrong. But with, with the time, when you have more experience and, and you as well, you listen from, from colleagues and, and you are a member of communities like this one you're, you're building, you are really insightful ideas. And uh, one insightful idea is that you have to be all focused for, for the purpose and communicate the purpose to, to the team because that's the way that you're going to be motivated and as well is the way you are going to, to know what you have to do to, to achieve it. I don't like to put people on the spot, but we've been talking about purpose a lot, but I, I don't think we've heard, we've heard how important purpose is to you, but we haven't heard you share your purpose. It is what would how, what is your purpose today? How are you working to achieve that? My purpose, uh, since I joined uh, an initiative that was um, created by Antonio uh, when the COVID started, uh, it was called Global Initiative for a Positive Impact. That is where I met Antonio and many other great uh, thought leaders around the world. Is when I have a, a change in my mindset. I saw the, the power of, of the projects and of the community. So. From from there, I, I decided uh, to to review my purpose and, and to review it and and to try to extend it to to the whole life, not just for the career. Because as we were talking about the balance, yeah, life work balance, work life balance. So, mm-hmm. so if you are work life balance, at the end maybe you are putting all the purpose in your work and, and maybe you are not balancing it with your with your life. So I decided to extend my my purpose to something that is most uh, more open than, than the work and I, I still refining it uh, I, I have to say but what I try is to 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 create a positive impact uh, I say in the world but as well around me uh, in the way I not only work if not in the way I behave as well with the people that are around me so try to to transmit new ideas uh, purpose uh, tell them about uh, the importance is to have a mission so I try to make a positive impact uh, through my profession with the projects and programs and teams that I lead in, but as well with, with the people in, in, in our daily life. So the, the importance of the life, as you say. So sometimes we are too focused on, on the work, but uh, if we don't have, um, let's say, a balance with our life, and that means with your family, 
with uh, physical exercise, mental exercise as well. It's very important. Uh, at the end, if you are only focusing on your work, that's not the way. So I try to make a positive impact in the world through my daily life and my daily profession. I think that's fantastic. And, and certainly the, the leadership you've had within our industry and certainly within the organizations where you've worked, the success you had in the global awards with your organization, I, I think I'm comfortable saying, hey, you're you're achieving your purpose, right? You're you're delivering on what you're trying to do. And as a member of our industry, thank you for that. I, I think we want to be able to salute people such as yourself and Antonio and others that are dedicating their purpose to help deliver on projects and help do good and say, yeah, right on, man. Let's, let's have more of that, right? We need more of that out there in our industry today. So thank you for that. Well, thanks to you as well, because you are contributing a lot to to creating a positive impact uh, with all the activities you are doing. Not only this is so, but the others that you are leading, creating community. Well, thank you so much for that. And, and certainly, uh, I'll, I'll put up here on screen, thinking of community, right? The PMO Leader Global Community is is a free community for people in our industry to be able to go and network and share and exchange ideas. Um, we don't have a certification model. We don't have a methodology. We're not pushing a certification. It's not about uh, chasing the dollar of a community. It's about community. It's giving the people in our industry a voice to be able to share their experiences and, and do good to contribute to one another. So thank you for that. And time is up. Again, uh, these shows go by so fast. Uh, it's fantastic to be able to share my guests with the audience in the world and to have you share your story and your experience and your voice that you've had out there. So thank you, Ricardo, for joining us today. Before we leave, I, I would certainly ask us, how can people get in touch with you? What's the best way for people to connect if they want to learn more about you or connect with you? Uh, I do have your LinkedIn profile here up on the screen so people can connect with you there. But anything coming up you want to share? What's any information uh, before we sign off that you have for us? There, yeah, there in LinkedIn, there is my data, my email address. So anyone interested in any of the topics we have been talking today or any other topics related to, to project management, you are more than welcome to contact me. Fantastic. Well, certainly thank you again for joining us. I really appreciate it. I know it's the evening hours in Spain while well, it's the morning over here in Phoenix. So thank you. And of course, thank you to our listeners and everybody who joined us live. Be sure to go out and visit uh, the PMO Squad website, and you can see Office Hours podcast listed out there, and you'll see all 103 episodes listed. Well, 102 of them. This one will be out there next week uh, for you to be able to go uh, check out all of those shows and see who our upcoming guests are. And we have a great lineup uh, coming up. Sanjeev Augustine, Melissa McDonald, uh, who she's the smart PM, smart sheet expert, Constantine Rebel and Robert Brees are joining from Germany. Mate Severa, who's here in the States, but originally from Spain as well. Uh, Track Via is going to be joining us again to talk about the citizen developer program that PMI had. They, they were on with us last year. Dr. Robert Jocelyn uh, will be joining. Uh, Suzanne Davenport, Keydin, uh, project management software provider, uh, will be joining us coming up as well. And uh, Maria Abdelina may or may not be joining us. Maria is uh, one of the 
final four PMO leaders in the PMO Global Awards last year from Ukraine. And um, she's obviously been impacted by the war that's going on in her country. So she may or may not be joining us as a guest, but we do have her originally scheduled before this war started. So uh, hope remains that maybe she'll be able to join us at some point during the year. We are live, of course, as we've said multiple times, but a reminder that we do record the shows. Be sure to subscribe uh, to Project Management Office Hours, the podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Spotify, whatever your pod podcast platform of choice may be. And of course, thank you to our sponsors, the PMO Squad and the PMO Leader. And you can visit their websites to uh, learn more about those organizations. So that's it for now. Office hours are closed. Until next time, I'm PMO Joe, and you've been listening to Project Management Office Hours. Thanks for listening to another episode of Project Management Office Hours with PMO Joe. You're not alone in your project management journey. We're here to help you achieve your goals. Subscribe to Project Management Office Hours on your favorite podcast platform to catch all of our episodes and hear industry leaders share their story and secrets to success.